Greetings, travelers. Welcome to the Law Seekers podcast. Grab an ale and join our two adventurers as they share their tales of misadventure in the land of Tamriel. Here they are at their usual table. Jibs and cash. Oh, man. Oh, man. It is freaking cold here. Holy balls, this chair. What happened to this chair? It's freezing. Woo. Well, it doesn't help that you're wearing a wedding dress and I'm wearing a Nordic bather's towel. I got excited and I thought the dress was appropriate for the occasion. You were wrong. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So how, how you been? It is cold. I'm good. I'm good. Uh, again, have had a busy week. Definitely busy week IRL, but also a very busy week in game. It's been good stuff, buddy. Yeah, two times or, or yeah, one and a half times, I guess, for you. Yeah. Uh huh. XP. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yeah. So definitely continued working on the Ritz, and. Um, I've been crushing those as much as possible. I even ran out of mats at one point. I had to go buy a bunch of uh, of uh, style stones. So you'll be happy to know that I'm back on track now and still collecting quite a few. I actually added another character, and I believe you did the same thing, my friend. Yeah. What can I get yeah, you, boy? I, I, I actually did. Uh, oh, hang on a second. Um, okay. Uh, you know, I've never tried this, so be gentle. But uh, I'll take a winch whiskey. You know what? Make it two. Let's go two. What did he just call you? Did you hear what he called you, milady? Don't start anything. Don't start. I'd punch him too. Don't. No. (laughs) I will take an imperial stout, please. Coming right up. Thank you very much. Right. You and your stouts. You are a stout. Stout man. So, yes. Anyway. All right. Well, everyone, welcome to the show. This is episode eight of the Lore Seekers podcast. We're your hosts. I'm Jibs. Joined by Cash. Yep. Another great week. Uh, We had a great week of uh, questing, having fun. Both Jibs and I have leveled Healy Sorks. Actually, he beat me this time. I beat you. He made it to 50 in how many hours, buddy? 15 hours and 17 minutes. Which is definitely not a record... By any uh, by any imagination, any stretch of the imagination, because there's probably people out there that have beat that handily. But for us, playing casually with families and trying to put on content for ESO, it's pretty freaking good. So he beat me by a level and a half. I have a level and a half to go until my Healy Sork is 50. And then I can start working on my champion points again. But it's gone very quickly because of the event. Yeah. And some... Um, Yep. Experience scrolls. Yep. And tons of dungeons. So I got my yeah. fifteen hundred coins for the month and I'm and I was sitting there grinding and I just did dolmens. And uh, I'm like, you know what? Let's just let's just I didn't I was really trying to save it for Somerset, that's especially for the housing, which I know we're gonna talk about in a little bit, but um, I'm like, Alright, let's do it. And so I just spent the I think it was like a thousand a thousand uh, a thousand coin. Uh, Crown store uh, coins and got me some experience scrolls. Started the cake and I just ran dolmens and I was getting like, um, depending on my level, between up to forty, I was getting around eight to ten k per dolmen. And then I think it by the end of it, it was like fifteen k. And it it was man, it went so fast. I've I've <laughs> I can't believe how quick it went. 
you know like yeah and the good thing about leveling with dolmens too is that you get pretty good level appropriate gear to kind of keep you sustained until you get to your champion points and and then you can equip end game stuff but it's it's actually pretty good not too bad at all right yeah it uh it was, it was surprisingly, like, not as bad as I thought, you know, just grinding out dolmens. Did you do mostly... Have you done mostly dungeons with your leveling on your guy? Mostly dungeons. I've, like, finished off a, a level here or there with a few dolmens. Uh, just so that, you know, I'm... Like, if I'm looking for a ring or something to put in, or I need some gear to bridge the gap. Because there's been times where I've leveled so quickly that I end up, you know, with gear that's, like, ten levels old. So I'll just go do dolmens real quick to, to get more gear. Because I'm trying in the dungeons to grab certain set pieces to augment my healing right now. Um, but the, you just out-level it so dang fast. So Right. Yeah. When you get bored of one, you just move to the other. And no, doing it, doing it this way is not the optimal experience for ESO. But I've seen a lot of the content so far. So I wasn't too, too worried about that. I think I just wanted to get the Healy Sork up. And when we say Healy Sork, we mean... we. Um, we leveled a Magicka Sorcerer, and he's spec for healing, and it's actually surprisingly powerful. It really I mean, is. I wouldn't even think it would have been. It's really a lot of fun to play. I agree because you can both heal and DPS uh, fairly well. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, pretty happy. I did notice a little bit of a challenge, and I don't know if it was because I was taking on three mobs at once. There were humanoids, and uh, but I did notice a challenge there when it came to DPS. Um, but other than that, um, yeah, the healing's awesome. It's fantastic. I know Templar is technically, I believe, last time uh, numbers were crunched. Templar is better, uh, but as far as better of a healer, but man, I love Sork. Thing's awesome. Yeah. So anyway, that's that's been going on. Uh, been fun. It's been a good time, and um, man, it's so good to be back back doing the show again we got a huge show for you guys this week and it's you know we told you last week we were waiting on the whole jewelry crafting thing because of how massive of a post it was and just going through it uh so we're doing that this week and then we're going over the new eso live that they put out on twitch i'm gonna go over that from top to bottom and on top of that we're finishing it off with a lore lesson on the nords so big show yep that's why we're up here in cold territory. We're up here in East March. Um, we're in Windhelm. We are. In a tavern. We are. Uh, yeah. This is a really cool looking tavern. I really have never been up here before, but it's pretty awesome. I dig it. Yeah. Very rustic. Mm-hmm. It's very Nord. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Hey, you two. Give us some news. Okay. Well, I guess he wants us to move on. All right. <laughs> they got one of those. They got one of those mean dudes in every single city we go to. He, well, I'm just confident he's following us everywhere we go. That's kind of, it's kind of entourage. It's, we have an entourage. It's true, and it's filled up with angry Nords. <sighs> All right. Well, let's just jump right into this. So there was an article put out from, uh, or not an article, but a live stream. Uh, it was the Somerset Homes and PvP update live stream from ESO. It was their first time back in a while doing this and they did a good job it was fun it was fun to watch and um there was a lot of well there's a couple things really shown uh housing and pvp was talked about um so if you want the quick gist of this then listening to shows 
definitely want to get you that. It's uh, <laughs> we went through it all, kind of broke it all down, but it's divided up in two parts: Som Somerset housing and PvP. So we'll just go ahead and get started here. Around ten minutes in, we got to see some new housing cash. The first two homes for Somerset. Yep, that's what I was watching for. I was watching the live stream basically for that. I'm not a big PvPer, so once that stuff started being talked about, it was more like wah 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 wah. But we did get to see the new housing, so I'm kind of excited about that. A couple instances of the new house, uh, the mm -hmm. new housing. I'm sure there's going to be more. But there's got to be a there's got to be a Sigic Order themed house. There has to be. Oh, shut up! There has to be. That's what I'm waiting for. I'm not, I'm going to tell you right up front. I'm not buying either of these because I'm waiting for that. But these are amazing homes. So the first one is the Alinor Crest Townhouse. And so this home puts you right in the capital. And uh, it's awesome. It's, I think, what, like three stories. It's got a, a terrace that shows, right. overlooks the whole city. It's pretty much a traditional high elf home um, that we've seen from the Somerset trailers. You know, with the, with the like, the peaking uh, uh, tiered roof and just tall spires. Spires, thank you. Yep. That's what I was looking for. Very, it has those. It's it's very, you know, Altmer. Um, it's pretty traditional. Awesome stuff. There's a, there was actually, we got to see a new piece. Did you see that fireplace? The craftable fireplace? I did. I was looking at it, and all of a sudden he, like, clicked on it and moved it. I was like, whoa, wait, what? And then he said, oh, yeah, check this out. You can put this anywhere you want, and it's craftable. Right. We were like... Oh, dang. And it is big. So, it is and it not was small. massive, yeah. So right. it's a uh, it's a large home, so it can hold 300 items, or if you're a subscriber, it can hold 600. Uh, purchasable, purchasable with uh, crowns or gold. Now, and this is tied to an achievement, so you're going to have to do quite a bit of questing in Eleanor to get there, But uh, if you're going to do gold. But I like it. It's not what I'm waiting for. But it's really, really cool. It's cool to finally see a Somerset home. Like a, I would say this is probably a vintage Somerset home. Is that fair? Yes. Yes. Okay. And um, it's definitely not a starter home. No. It's it's really a beautiful place, and I I like it. But I think I'm gonna hold out. I want the manor. If you're buying this with crowns, let's take a guess. How much do you think this thing's going to cost? Uh, with crowns, ten. I'm saying eight. I think if you're buying with gold, I'm betting this thing is at least three hundred thousand. Ugh! I don't even want to think about buying it with gold. <laughs> so yeah, <laughs> there's that. Um, and then the big one out of this whole stream that everyone kind of flipped out about, and I know uh, we put a tweet out on Twitter, and you guys were flipping out about it, but the colossal. Mary Grotto. Or in other words, it's a boat. Was quite interesting to see that. It was. I think there was like a, excuse me, what? Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. And it's not just the boat. It's pretty much, it reminds me of the, uh, what's the what's the dungeon? Blackheart? Um, Black? There's Tempest. I forget the, the exact name, but it's kind of like you have your own cove pretty much. You're out of pirate ship, and you have your own cove, and there's a beach, and pretty much anywhere you see, you can go. And this has some serious height to it. 
It's basically inside this cove. You park your ship, get out, and uh, you can climb all the way to the top of this this huge just area. And there is some serious verticality to it. Um, it's docked north of Alinor on the harbor. It's how you get to the boat to begin with. And this is going to be a Crown Store exclusive item. This is probably going to... You're probably ballpark. I imagine you're looking somewhere around 16 to 17K uh, crowns for this. Um, you can swim to most of what you see and decorate it. There's also a shipwreck included in this. My favorite part was the Ald- you got Old Mary Ruins back behind the ship, kind of surrounding it. Right. Um, let's see. You can build all the way to the ceiling, so you can go all the way to the top. And it's, I would say it's probably close to one and a half to two of these ships tall. I mean, this thing is tall. You've got some serious height that you can work with. Um, yeah, and there's a ca- there's a cave too. Yeah, I thought there I thought there was a cave that was part of this um, this house or area. Right, right, right. It's uh, huge. <laughs> um, yeah. Let's see what else. Really we... cool one. And they did show off. Uh, let's see. Yeah, new furnishing items that they showed off. So with Somerset, we're getting what they call ivory. Okay, and it's just like it sounds. It's like an ivory stone, or not an ivory stone, but just ivory um, textured items, okay? So they've got everything from, like, jewelry boxes to... They showed, like, a mammoth horn, I believe, at one point. Um, and uh, it can be used in scrimshaw crafting plants. Um, new jewelry crafting master writ furnishing was shown, and this is probably one of the coolest looking furnishings I've ever seen. I'm even if you're not a house guy. This thing was dope. It's the high elf ancestor clock and let me tell you. This thing is probably one of the most animated pieces I've seen. It's got a move Yeah, it's really intricate. Yeah, the face of it wasn't it like um they went into this whole deep like lore explanation of the face. Yes. Uh, had to do with the divines and some other stuff. I, f- I forget exactly what it was, but um, there was a reason that the clock was built the way that it was, and it was actually pretty neat. Yeah, it was cool. I believe there was two moons chasing each other, and they're following like the outline of the sun. Um, but it was it was amazing. Uh, you can see the pendulum moving. If you go to the side of it, you can see on the inside, and actually you can see the gears on the inside moving. And if you look closely, you can even see the counterweights moving. It's it's really well done. Right. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Really, really well done. So they showcased that. They did kind of talk about jewelry crafting a little bit more. Um, pretty much, whereas with... I'm, I'm going to try not to butcher this, but with blacksmithing, how we've got some of the larger items, um, furnishings that you can build. With jewelry crafting, it's going to be a, a lot of the smaller stuff. Um, if it's really, really small piece, I know they had like statues in there, just really small little tabletop statues, that sort of thing. That's going to be in jewelry crafting. Um, and so we can look forward to that. <clears throat> they also talked about some PVP changes. Uh, this was roughly around 29 minutes. And uh, since PVP, we already know this, but PVP is moving to the base game. Um, they are changing how you queue now for all this, for those of you who are in PVP. You can select land, grab games, deathmatch, etc. So basically you can pick 
what style of game you're looking for, especially if you've got a quest or a daily that you need to finish up for a certain type. Um, it will have you will have to finish first or second place to get the battleground daily reward. There's going to be that sucks. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that sounds really hard to do. Yeah, unless you're, you know, a really experienced PvPer. I agree. Yep. <laughs> when I said that, I'm like, well, that counts me out. <laughs> so. With my old fingers, my old Twitch skills. <laughs> as twitchy as you and I get anymore as Sea of Thieves if we're not playing Tiso. <laughs> Pretty much. Um, so anyway, uh, there's exclusive Battleground rewards. They're going to be uh, introduced as well. They are making some changes to Cyrodiil. For those of you who don't get into Cyrodiil very much, you can kind of just glance over this, but there is going to be better server performance. A credit system is being added to help with making sure alliance points are being credited for what you do or lack thereof. So basically there's more of an emphasis on making sure that you get involved while you're out doing Cyrodiil. Um, there's new conque conquest quests. Uh, siege weaponry is being adjusted. And I really like this. I don't even. I haven't even really gotten involved in Cyrodiil yet coming back. But I love this. So with the catapult, apparently if you can bombard an area with catapult, there's a debuff. Well, this debuff will now stay in the area. So it's, it's kind of like a tactical sense. So if you want to try to force the enemy a certain direction, you aim your catapults a certain area of the uh, keep that you're trying to take, which would basically force the enemy a certain way because so they, they're trying to avoid the debuffs. So there's that. Uh, population and underdog scoring changes. Instead of three days to get those uh, to get the scoring for that, it's going to be roughly three hours. So you can look forward to that. And Elder Scrolls will now be worth ten points. Everything else one point. And finally, more content's coming. But this patch is all about performance. So yeah, it sounds like they're they're seriously putting an emphasis into increasing PvP. Um, if you're watching the live stream, actually, if you go watch the live stream now, even after the fact, you can you can see that it looks like there's some there's a lot of PVPers in there that are I don't know if they're just angrier people by nature. But some of the <laughs> stuff they were typing, I was like, dude, you need to chill. Mm. And just like incessant, like if they weren't, you know, if the people in the live stream weren't answering their questions, they were just incessant about asking the same thing over and over and like some nasty comments. I'm like, just be good humans. You know, if you don't like the game, then, you know, there's an unsub button or you can just kind of fade off into the sunset and go back to playing Counter-Strike or whatever it is that you played before. But man, it was just kind of bummed me out a little bit seeing how, how people were getting over PvP stuff, so... Whatever. I don't know. I'm a noob. What am I going to say? It's definitely a different kind of crowd. And typically the ones who are loud and obnoxious about it are the ones who, I've just from my experience, what I've seen, they're younger. They're in their teens. <laughs> yeah, it's almost like they like they need their cell phone taken away and to be scolded by an adult. It's almost like they... Who's adulting. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> so, yeah. I mean, like it kind of reminds me of Zone Chat. I have Zone Chat set to its own tab, just for that reason, because it happens in every MMO, especially every one we've played. You know, Zone Chat yeah. goes off the yeah. rails. Don't, don't feed the trolls. Mm -hmm. So, anywho, that was 
in a nutshell, pretty much the uh, the live stream. Now, if you want to go watch it all, you can. We'll have everything linked over at the episode page at lorecretpodcast.com. And um, um, I was going to share with him a little tease for next week, but we'll we'll hold off. You're going to want to listen to the end of the episode. That's all I'm saying. Damn, this is good stout, buddy. Mm. I don't normally get all squee and get excited about my stout, but this is freaking amazing. Mm, this whiskey's almost gone. You should get another one, but I, I'm still working on my beer. This is a bourbon barrel stout. Mm. Yes. So if there's anybody out there who enjoys stouts and you have not yet had a bourbon barrel stout, definitely try bourbon barrel stout. In, especially if it's served in a traditional Nord cup, That's which right. I'm currently holding. That's right. IRL. Thank you very much. Mm. So there's that. Dang, this is good. <laughs> yep. Sorry. Uh, so the the big part of the news that the, pretty much the a large part of this episode is going to be two things: one, what we're about to go over with jewelry crafting, and two, um, the lore lesson on Nords. You're right there. You, are you stroking out on me? No, dude. This beer may or may not be hitting me with like a ton of bricks right now. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna t- I was gonna type it to you, but. <laughs> I might as well just tell you. Your eyes just opened up after you swallowed that last drink. And went cross-eyed for a minute. I'm like, boy. All of a sudden, now I can taste the bourbon. (laughs) That's good stuff, buddy. Oh, man. All right. Jewelry crafting. Let's talk about it. All right. Let's do it. So we're going to break this up a little bit here so it's not monotonous. Um, Jewelry crafting. Now, by the way, this this part's full of info okay if you're not wanting to hear about jewelry crafting skip a little bit in the episode because this is pretty meaty so just sit back relax and enjoy the listen because this is a this is a big part of the show here uh so nobody's going anywhere they love your sultry voice buddy they're gonna stay right where they're at sultry voice uh let's see jewelry crafting is more complex with regards to how you acquire materials and research traits okay and preface this there is a jewelry crafting article put out. It's pretty much a preview and a guide by uh, ElderScrollsOnline.com, so you can check it out there. It was actually a really good article. Yeah, it really was. So uh, it's a long one, that's for sure. Um, so anyway, jewelry crafting is more complex with rewards, how you acquire materials and research traits, meaning that you'll need to put more effort into developing your craft than usual. Okay. Now they divide this article up into different areas, and so we're gonna we're gonna talk talk about the first part. It's called access. All right. So what they're doing with Somerset, I believe they're doing this right in a lot of ways. One of those being, in order to make use of jewelry crafting, you must own ESO Somerset. All right. I dig it. Um, you yeah. you are not able to use a jewelry crafting station if you do not own the new chapter. I, you know, I know... Let's just stop there for a minute. I know that there is... I may put this out on Twitter. You know, if if it bothers you that it's put behind a paywall. But I'll be honest with you, it doesn't bother me a bit. No. It's new content. It's Exactly. It's a new content. And this is part of the new content. So I'm, I'm kind of of the mindset that if you want new content, pay for the new... DLC content and get it, right? Yeah, no, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. And I know there's there's tons of people out there who 
don't like the fact that ESO went by to play um, because like a lot of people like you and I, I am, I will happily pay a sub right. to a game that has a constant stream of content that's coming out. Now, when there's new large blocks of content, like an expansion or a chapter, I have zero problem with paying for the content. And I understand that, you know, people might have financial difficulties and stuff and they'd still like access to it. But at the same time, Zoss has to pay the bills. And in order to keep a development team employed and constantly working on more content, they have to have a constant stream of revenue. It's just business. Yeah. So to me, yeah, it's a, it, it, it is a little bit of wall and it, it, it breaks stuff off from other people being able to play it. But there's not many games out there with the quality of stuff that's coming out and in the schedule, the rapid schedule that stuff is coming out for this game. Show me a game out there that's free to play that has the same amount of content um, and quality of game that you're getting. I guarantee you cannot give me one example. Oh, uh, there's no... And if you can, I'm wrong. But I'm just saying. ESO, if you like what they what they have to, to, um, to give to, to the folks, just understand that there's a reason that they're... Yeah, they need to make money. All right. So, I don't know. Not, that's me. And obviously soapbox. Jewel- I just jumped off the soapbox. <laughs> well, and obviously, jewelry crafting is going to be a big draw, so I get putting it behind Somerset. Like, it, you know, I'm fine with right. it. it. I'm fine with it. It's fine. You know, support the game. Keep developers. Help them keep their jobs. Help us keep getting... Because what you're, you're, you want content. The MML community screams for content, but if they have to pay for it, they're, they're up in arms. Well paying for it is going to help fund even more content so i am i'm okay with this this is fine right it's to me it's kind of like hey if you like a certain place to eat and you go there once and you pay for your food okay and you really enjoyed it you may want to visit that establishment again right but the second time you go there they're not bringing your steak for free Right. You must again pay for this for the steak. Right. You know what I mean? So even in, in small doses and in this game it's it's much less. There's much less that you have to pay for. Every once in a while you may have to pay for something for this game. You can play this game free to play if you or buy to buy to play. You only have to buy the game, then you can play it for free if that's the way you wish to play. Mm-hmm. But if you want the steak butter and a dessert and a nice beer to go with your meal, you're going to have to pay for those extras to make your meal a little bit nicer. That's my only point. Once again, I jump off the soapbox. <laughs> so carrying on the jewelry crafting stations, let's talk about those for a second. Um, so you'll find new jewelry crafting stations located near the other crafting stations already found in Tamriel, all right? uh, such as those situated within the cities and crafted set locations. Just like the other crafting skill lines, crafting jewelry set items requires knowledge of a certain amount of traits. Okay, so it's pretty much exactly like beforehand. Okay, nothing's new there. Yeah, that just means basically you cannot get in there on day one and start upgrading all of your all your purple jewelry. <laughs> it's not going to happen on day one. Yeah, exactly. 
Um, I did see someone on Twitter said that they were able to do all of hit one to fifty within twenty four hours, but I wow yeah there was I'm finding it hard to believe there wasn't some kind of exploit found there, but I don't know. Holy shnikes. I think that if you can, that's great. I mean, maybe they've changed the um, the experience table for it a little bit so that we can access those things a little bit faster. But you still have to go through the process of acquiring the jewelry, deconstruction, gathering the mats, researching the, uh, the materials for the traits. So. Right. Yeah. Um, let's see. So at Jewelry Crafting Stations, and this is going to kind of be similar to other crafting parts, uh, you can do the following. You can create new jewelry. You can refine crafting, uh, jewelry crafting materials. You can deconstruct jewelry. Um, no, you can only deconstruct jewelry acquired after the release of ESO. This is a big one for a lot of people. I think a lot of people are stockpiling. Don't do it, okay? <laughs> Just don't do yeah, it. It was a big one for us. Once we found this out, and it was actually, I think Gina Bruno, um, a community manager, I think she's the one that that dropped the news to us at our guild. And we were all stockpiling, just like everything we had. Because normally it's like, what are you going to do with it? If you're not going to use it, get rid of it. So we were just stockpiling it all, and our banks were getting filled up. And then she dropped this tweet, and we were just deflated, like, duh. Damn it. <laughs> yep. So. Um, so there's that. Don't bother hoarding any of that. If you're unsure if an item can be deconstructed, check its tooltip. There's going to be tooltips on it. Um, upgrade jewelry to improve their power using upgrade materials. We know that. Um, and last but not least, research jewelry traits as well. Okay. Um, you can purchase jewelry crafting stations for your homes from master writ merchants. And again, all this is kind of the same to what we already have. So, jewelry crafting base materials. That's the uh, next section they talked about. But, uh, Cash, what do we got? So, one of the best parts about this entire process is that, finally, you get to create your own jewelry. Um, they do... They make it very similar to the other crafting professions, which is totally fine. Um, but it's kind of interesting. There's, there's really some kind of cool stuff that you have to do. So... Obviously, you're going to need some type of material, gatherable material, in order to start creating this stuff. So one of the things that they have is the ability to harvest jewelry crafting nodes that they're calling seams. Um, S-E-A-M-S. Um, so it's similar to any other resource that's out in the world. You just got to find it. Um, so what you do is you will find it. And then you collect the unrefined material, which is called dust. So you take the dust, you go back to your crafting table, and you refine the dust into ounces at your table. And then um, you're going to find, like in all the places that you would normally find blacksmithing nodes. So rocky outcroppings, cliff faces, areas with stones and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And here was the, the one of the big questions I had was, okay... Now, is this only available in Somerset? Right. Well, no, that's not the case. It's They're going to add this stuff with the patch to everywhere in Tamriel. So you're going to find crafting materials for jewelry crafting everywhere. And I was like, okay, thank God for one, because that would be an issue if <laughs> it was only available in Somerset. And you want to talk about locking something out. But um, So anyway, the dust 
gathered from the seams can be harvested by anyone, whether um, if they own ESO or if they're playing free-to-play or whatever. You can still gather the materials, but the only way that you can refine it is at the jewelry crafting station if you have Somerset. So you can even own a jewelry crafting station in your house, which we'll talk about coming up. But if you don't have Somerset and you haven't purchased it, then you're not going to be able to use that table. So just keep in mind that, yeah, that is kind of locked behind uh, Somerset. You have to own it in order to be able to refine those materials and use the crafting stations. Right. Um, so the the name of the of the the skill basically is engraver um and there's passive levels for it so depending on your level you're going to be able to harvest different types of dust and it's no different from any other gatherable material out there it's kind of the same concept from level 1 to 25 is pewter from level 26 to 50 is copper from level 10 to 60 champion level 10 to 60 is silver uh, CP level uh, 70 to 140 is Electrum. And then champion level 150 to 160 is Platinum. Mm. Yeah. So it's it's no different than anything else. They're just basically adding the same exact system in for another type of skill. So Right. Um, let's talk traits. So traits, as you know, there are things that will really apply unique types of bonuses to whatever items that you want to apply it to, in this case, jewelry. Um, So in addition, the ones that are already in the game, you have arcane, healthy, robust. Now, what they're adding is six new traits. So the new traits uh, have to be found from very specific sources, and they're very appropriate to them. So it's kind of like the way that Nernhone traits for weapons and armor are tied to Craglord. Mm-hmm. So you can destruct jewelry with one of the new traits to gain the material needed to craft a ring or necklace of that trait. So if you have one in healthy and you deconstruct that, you're going to get the materials back to be able to construct in healthy. Right. Um, deconstructing jewelry will give you a pulverized form of the trait material and then you have to refine that into some type of a usable form. Correct. So the trade items that um, from other players, they can acquire rings and necklaces with the new traits. And then the trait materials themselves will take you all over Tamriel. And you can and there's a, a wide variety of activities that you can participate in to, in to, to acquire them. So now let's talk the new ones. These are pretty exciting traits. So... Um, there, you just have to, you got to understand too, that if you have theory crafted or follow theory crafting at all in, in ESO and theory crafting, crafting basically is min maxing your character. What is the best possible thing in slot for my character? There's plenty of people out there who have done the meta research and have, you know, people that we've already talked about, like all cast HQ and um, Deltius. there's a ton of them. Deltius is amazing at it. There's a ton of those guys out there that are doing this theory crafting for us. But these traits, the new ones, are going to completely change the end game for gear sets. Right. And I, I honestly, my hat is off to those folks because they have a true passion for theory crafting. But 
a new a new chapter like this, a new content for a game that changes gameplay drastically with stats really creates work for for those folks and i'm sure they love to do it but still my hat's off to you mm. okay traits let's talk about the new ones so the first one is arcane this trait for your jewelry crafting will increase max magica uh the researchable item necklaces and rings with the arcane trait that drop randomly you can um, get a material called cobalt and that is acquired by just refining the base materials from that. So you break it down, you have a chance at getting cobalt. The healthy trait, this one for all you health fanatics out there, different kind of health fanatic. Like I want a lot of health fanatic if I'm tanking, right? Tanks. So yeah, that's what I mean. Um, so the trait effect of healthy is increasing maximum health. Same thing with necklaces and rings with the healthy trait. They drop all over Tamriel, and then you're going to get antimony. This material uh, can be refined from the jewelry, and um, you can use it to create your own. Then there's robust. That increases maximum stamina. Then there is protective. That increases your physical and spell resistance. And this one comes from necklaces and rings. And then also there's a rare chance to find this one within the undaunted chests. The one you get out of this one is called titanium. Actually, I miss robust. The trait material you get out of robust is zinc. And the trait material you get out of protective is titanium. And um, it, it's actually... It's really freaking cool. I mean, I'm super excited about this stuff. And uh, there is a couple more. Mm-hmm. You got quite a few more. Uh, we've got Triune. Uh, this trait increases health, stamina, and magi- uh, magicka. Uh, it's a researchable item. The uh, I'm sorry. The researchable item. Excuse me. The researchable ring is re- awarded at the end of the Somerset main quest line, and a researchable necklace is awarded at the end of the Sigic Order quest line. So that's pretty rad. Um, the trait material that you get is Dawn Prism. And this is acquired from jewelry crafting nodes throughout Tamriel with a higher chance to be found in Somerset. Um, in order to create Dawn Prism, you must refine 10 pieces of material in its polarized or raw form. We've also got Infused. I like this one. Increases enchantment effectiveness. Um, necklaces and rings with the infused trait have a chance to drop from the Sigic portals found all over Tamriel. That's awesome. Uh, I'm going to get a lot of that. Mm-hmm. Trait material? I'll be all over those portals. Oh, yeah. Faux show. Orbic Amber. Uh, this is acquired from Sigic portals with a rare chance for a refined form. Note that the Sigic portals only appear if you have the new Sigic Order skill line. Woo. Uh, wow. Yeah. In order to create Arbic Amber, you must refine 10 pieces of the material in pulverized form. Just like last time. Swift. Those are going to be hard to get. Yeah. I mean, 10. Yeah. Each one that that you have to refine 10 pieces of material to get. It's similar to a lot that are already in the game. I think Malachite's the same way, but I just, that's going to get Yeah. I tough. just feel like with jewelry crafting in general, though, like jewelry crafting's taking you around more. It's going to require you to do more to get... To the, to know everything, to get to the, like the end levels, and to get all the traits, 
That, and I, I like that. I like that. It's by design. It's going to take you a while to yep. get it all done. Um, so, anyway, Swift. This one's a big one. Um, increases movement speed. So, necklaces and rings with the Swift trait have a rare chance to be awarded when completing normal jewelry crafting writs. Uh, oh my god, more writs. The trait... <laughs> The trait material is gilding wax, purchased from Master Rit merchants for Rit vouchers. And then we've got, there's two more. We've got Harmony, and this uh, increases synergy effectiveness. Necklaces and rings with the Harmony trait have a chance to be awarded as part of the regular rewards for completing weekly trial quests. Note that reward boxes from trial quests completed before the release of ESO Somerset do not contain jewelry with the Harmony trait. I uh, thought this one would make you better at playing the loot. <laughs> Harmony. <laughs> I'll give you 10 for that. Uh, trait, Thank you. That's generous. Trait material is... Oh, balls. Uh, Debellium. High chance to be acquired in... Re- I got it. In, re- in acquired... Higher <laughs> chance to be acquired in refined form from weekly trial quest rewards. And I like that. And it kind of goes back to what we talked about last episode. Whereas if you're wanting these specific traits, you're going to have to do the content that's related to it to get what you want. So if you want something that's synergies, that's going to be basically group content. And you're going to have to go do the weekly trial quests. I love it. It's good. It's how it, yeah, sh- this is I how like it, it should be done. I like it. Yeah, you're right. I like it when they put things behind things that are difficult. I love it. I'm okay with that. Yeah. I don't like MMOs that are easy to play and easy to master. Exactly. This one is freaking definitely not. Exactly. So the last one is Bloodthirsty. Uh, the effect for this trait increases damage against low health foes. I know we talked about this again last week. Uh, necklaces yeah. and rings with the Bloodthirsty trait have a chance to be awarded when you complete the new Serial Daily Board quest. Again, behind the content that that's related to. I like it. Maybe that's a reason why you have to be number one or number two to get the quest rewards, because you're probably going to get Slaughterstone out of it, which is the trait material. Right. Makes sense. And, and kind of that kind of just dawned on me, but that is probably why. Because if you really think about what this does, increases damage against low health foes. And I think they said it... Um, didn't we already cover this? Uh, if it's foes that are ben- beneath like 25% or something like that? Right. It increases. Yeah. So when you are at about 25% on a boss and everyone in the dungeon or the, or the uh, trial starts saying execute, 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 you're trying to hit all your execute skills if you have them. Imagine this in PvP, how much of a game changer it's going to be to somebody who, say, doesn't have resistances against that or eight, or have any ability to combat that. You, if you get to twenty five percent in PvP, I would imagine you're gonna die incredibly quickly to anybody who has the bloodthirsty trait on their jewelry. Oh my gosh! Just imagine a group of dudes running around with that on. Like that's a requirement for the group. You must have bloodthirsty on. Yeah. So as they said in a certain movie, good luck. So yeah, like Cash said, the material for this trait is Slaughterstone. It's acquired in refined form from the War Researcher vendor in Cyrodiil for alliance points. So that is all of the traits, the information, how you acquire them. If you need to hear any of that again, feel free to rewind the show. This is, again, a meaty part of the podcast this week, that's for sure. 
Um, so upgrade materials. In order to upgrade rings and necklaces crafted or looted, you need to use a jewelry crafting station to have the required materials. Uh, green quality being uh, turn. Um, blue quality being iridium. Purple quality being uh, zircon. Zircon. Uh, and then gold, legendary, is chromium. Oh, you're such a chemist. I'm so proud of you, buddy. <laughs> I do so good. Uh, you can acquire upgrade materials by refining dust into ounces. When refining dust, you have a chance to acquire grains of the different upgrade materials. Man, this is a meaty system. I love it. It's a lot. I, I love, love it. it. It's, it's, they've really put some thought into this. It's not just a slapped together no. system. Yeah, this is really, really well done. Um, and there's still more. Yeah, you must refine 10 grains in order to acquire a bar, and you can use bars to upgrade your necklaces and rings at a jewelry crafting station. You can also acquire grains by deconstructing jewelry of the same quality. Whew, man. Last, final part of this segment, jewelry crafting skill line. A lot of you are yes. probably wondering about that. Well, here you go. Like traditional crafting skill lines, there are a host of jewelry crafting passive abilities that you can unlock with skill points as you improve your jewelry crafting level. These new passive abilities are as follows. Engraver. This allows you to craft jewelry to a specific level range. Keen Eye. It's jewelry highlight seems in the world, which, you know, if you play ESO and you're into crafting it at all, you're going to be familiar with those. Jewelry Extraction. Same with this. Improves your chance to receive materials when deconstructing jewelry. And then you've got Lapidary Research, which reduces the time it takes to research new, new jewelry crafting traits. And Plating's Expertise reduces the number of bars you need to upgrade your jewelry. That's the big one. Yeah, it's, it's no different. Right. These are, should be all very familiar to you if you're a crafter. These are basically the same things that we have now. Exactly. So, exactly. Yep. And just like with with the other bits of crafting, if you want this stuff to uh, be increased as far as its effectiveness is concerned, you just uh, upgrade the ability. That's it. Be upgraded multiple times. So, anywho, that is it right. for the jewelry crafting. Huge system. This is really, and again, I I agree that. I'm glad this is not an easy system. I'm glad that there is a lot of depth to this because I feel like that's how it should be. As an MMO progresses, there needs to be more content, needs to be more challenging, needs to be more um, require. It needs to require more of you, and so I like this. Yeah, and you know what I what I like is that it, it kind of gives us an opportunity to talk a little bit about crafting. And the reason I want to talk a little bit about crafting for just a short second is I don't want people to be afraid of crafting. I know so many players out there, even within our own guilds, that don't dive into the crafting system. I enjoy crafting. There's This is a very, very robust crafting system. And it may seem kind of daunting at first. And I know this was a big segment. It might seem daunting if you haven't jumped into crafting yet. But man, it's not that it's not no. that bad. It's not yeah. terribly complicated yeah. um, to learn how to do this stuff. And this particular system is very similar to the other systems that we have. It's going to be a seamless integration. And 
I'm just trying, what I'm trying to do is I'm trying to encourage people who might be a little bit reluctant to get into crafting if you're a new player, just dive in. I mean, to every single one of them. They're not that hard to do and they're super fun. If you guys have any questions, fire them out to us. We would be happy to answer your questions about crafting or whatever. And you know what? If I don't know an answer right off the bat or if Jibs doesn't know an answer right off the bat, we will find out and we'll let you know the answer. Um, we want you to experience every facet of the game. So hop in there. Don't let the complexity of what we just talked about like scare you away. Just jump into it. If you have questions, fire away. Agreed. And Dude. I totally sec... Oh. We got people who just showed yeah. up? Are they here for us? <laughs> I know, dude. Well, one of them's winking at us, so I guess we might as well, we might as well talk to this them. One's, this, this dude's getting on the table. What's your name? Oh, you know what? I, I recognize him. Come on over, you guys. Have a seat. Waitress! Guys, I would like to introduce everybody to the discoverers of us. They found us tonight. Emmy Wayne... Morgus and Evil Pollock. What's up, dude? I don't can we say that on the air? Yeah, we can say that. Waitress! <laughs> yeah, we'll take another round. Coming right up. Awesome, Ooh. thanks. I'll tell you what, do me a favor. Get them, if you would please, my dear, please get them as an addition to whatever they order, a bourbon barrel stout. So they can also be very quite near swallowing their tongue, as I am right now. <laughs> In fact, I'll make this even better. Everybody! Next round's on me! Oof. Glad you took the hit on that. This place is crowded, bro. Give the tab to this bald guy across from me. Thanks. Appreciate Come it. Come on. <laughs> Dude. Oh, I'm just kidding. I'll cover it. It's I've okay. been spending all my money on freaking racial stones. <laughs> racial stones. Well, oh. That's racist. Gosh, she's back. Uh, what's up, prophet? Sir. Man. Enter my mind, vestige. And walk with me through the shadows of past events. Alright, on my way. I'll be right there. Okay, well, it is that time again. We are back with a brand new lore lesson. And this one was a big deal. A lot of you guys were really stoked about it. We put this out on Twitter. And I'll be honest with you, I was pretty surprised at the reaction. You guys are really in love with your Nords. That being said... This is Lord Lesson number eight, continuing the series, Cash the Nords. That is true. And the, the funny thing about this is that uh, some of the comments that we got on Twitter was like, seriously, dudes, it's about freaking time. So yeah. <laughs> it's quite apparent that everybody loves Nords or there's a lot of folks out there that love Nords. I have a special shout out to Agelos. Um, Agelos is the host of Tales of Tamriel, which is another podcast uh, for ESO, one of the original podcasts for ESO. And he, <laughs> the funny thing is, is he's a huge Nord lover and a huge Altmer hater. So him and I kind of go back and forth a little bit <laughs> on it. Awesome. I think it's hilarious, but it's it's all in good fun and he's good people. So if you haven't listened to their cast, you should also give a try to um, uh, Tales of Tamriel. Yep. So let's talk a little bit about the Nords. The Nords. They are also known as the Sons of Snow, which is the reason why you can probably cut glass with my nipples right now as I'm sitting in this tavern. I'm freaking freezing. <laughs> it's cold up here. So, 
These race of men hail from the province of Skyrim. Yes, I understand that Skyrim is not in ESO yet. Give them some time. <laughs> um, so anyway, the Nords, as as a general mention, they their life, their culture, revolves around their quest for honor and glory with a very strong emphasis on family and community. Right. And if you've played through the... New life event, which is around Christmas time, then you would you could definitely definitely see this. Absolutely. So, so their culture is super diverse. Uh, the Nords celebrate their culture and their history through music, food, art, education, festival, holidays, uh, architecture. It's pretty damn rustic, from what I can see. It's definitely not Altmer. I will tell you that. Yeah. And religion. Yeah, so I'm trying to say it maybe yesterday a little quietly so I don't get my friggin' lips split open, but it is what it is. <laughs> so one thing about Nords is that they are so popular and such an integral part of Elder Scrolls lore that they have appeared in every single game to date. Every single Elder Scrolls game, Nords are there. Why do you think that is? Like, what is it that's so drawing? Like, I like the Nords too, and I, I honestly can't put my finger on it. Maybe it's just because of how like how open they are to you, like how welcoming they are. I don't. I honestly have, or maybe it's just because of Sky, the success of Skyrim. Like I don't. No, I honestly so think it's because well loved. people are freaking scared of them. <laughs> have you seen them, bro? Have you not seen Lyris? Have you smelled them, bro? When I play on my Bosmer. I am literally, my face is at Lyris's belly button. <laughs> Not that that's a bad thing. Oh my gosh. Because she's beautiful. She's a beautiful northern woman. <laughs> that could quote, possibly eat me. She's a beautiful northern woman. <laughs> that, that could possibly eat me in one meal. Before, me as a Bosmer could possibly eat her. Now, I only have three days as a Bosmer to eat her if I were to fell her in battle. I'm pretty sure it would take me a week or two. There's those of you who send us tweets or quotes from the show. There you go. You're welcome. Yeah. Oh. It is what it is. That's what that's what happens when you put uh, two dumbasses in a room together. That's what you're going to get. Uh, da, da, da. <laughs> so speaking of the size of Nords, let's talk about their physical appearance and some of their traits. Um, uh, very much unlike me, who comes from a very fair weathered part of Tamriel, mm. they have a natural resistance to frost. Uh, their home is in very, uh, very much cold climates uh, on the planet of Nern. So they are known to be very, very large and hardy men and women with light skin, fair hair, and considered extremely resilient to their adverse conditions. That's what they came up in. It's no different than the Bosmer. You just evolved to your environment. So Nords are more muscular than most races by nature and considered to be extremely skilled warriors, which is why you see most a lot of stamina-based characters going the way of the Nord. So a little bit about their history and religion. Skyrim, who everybody knows about, mm-hmm. is the northernmost region of Tamriel and is one of the oldest civilizations inhabited by men in the early uh, Merithic area or Merithic era thousands of years ago. So 
Skyrim, which is where typically where they're from. We'll talk a little bit about their about where they came from before, but Skyrim as a whole is governed by uh, it has nine holds. Each of the nine holds is governed by a jarl, who keeps the civility and order in in each of their designated holds. The jarls are very very independent, but they still have to swear fealty to whoever Skyrim's high king is at the time. Right. So, and if you played through Skyrim, then, you know, they have like a certain way they sit on their chair and each is their own you know, personality. Kind of, they have their own personality. They, have, they, they all have a little bit of swagger. So, but uh, Skyrim was very, very well done in their telling of Nordic history. So if you haven't played Skyrim, I won't tell you to break your console or any of that <laughs> stuff. Just go buy the freaking game. It's epic. It's one of the best games in the last 10 years. Freaking play it. Okay, so there's that. All right. So the early Nordic ancestors traveled from an ancient continent. The ancient continent, which is the actual northernmost continent of Nern, is called uh, Atmora with an A-T. So Atmora, uh, most of the modern inhabitants of Skyrim are descendants from the people who migrated from this area. So history claims that a great civil war took place in Atmora. And then there was a Nordic hero by the name of Isgrimor. He gathered as many Atmorans as he could. And they sailed south. And eventually they came ashore of the northern area of Skyrim, which is known as uh, Hazarak Head. That's where supposedly they landed. Now, contrary to popular belief, many people believe that Isgrimor and his crew or and his group of people that uh, that migrated were the first people to step foot on Tamriel, or at least on this area of Tamriel. That's not true. So, a little fun fact for you. There had been several pilgrims from Atmora who had already left Atmora and established on Tamriel. Um, so when Isgrimor arrived, they already found men and myrrh living together, like right. peacefully. And uh, so to them, it was kind of like, holy crap, we're not the first people here. So it didn't take long for that to kind of sour because the indigenous people in that particular area, this might flip a, a few of you out, there were something called the Snow Elves. The snow Elves indigenous to the area began to realize that if man was left unchecked eventually they would outnumber the snow elves and they decided to put a stop to it and halt any expansion by man so at the genesis of this forethought they decided to attack and this it led to a massacre known as the night of tears where a very, very large amount of um, snow elves basically leveled the city of Sarthal, which is where a lot of the Nords were, and they burned it to the ground. So not only did the snow elves believe that the expansion of the Nords was going to be detrimental to their own population, but they also believed that the city of Sarthal had a great source of power that the Nords were hiding. So the snow elves wanted to acquire the power for themselves and they ended up raising the city. Mm -hmm. So, and actually if you, if you go to the game of Skyrim and you look just South of Winterhold, you can see 
remnants of this destroyed city of Sarthal. So I thought, I'm like, oh my god, that's, that's so pretty cool. awesome. It's in the lore. It's in the lore. It's in the wiki. I mean, Lord it's a thing. Lord like, I know. So, <laughs> okay, so I have some more fun facts for you because this stuff just doesn't stop. I mean, awesome stuff. So in the first era, King Harald, he was a direct descendant from Isgrimor, unified Skyrim, and he drove the Snow Elves and also their allies, the Aliens, out of the province. Like, peace out, dudes. We're bigger. We're stronger. We like the snow. You guys are out. Right. So it later led to a period known as the Skyrim Conquests, where the first Empire of Nords took control of basically all northern regions of Tamriel, including like Mor- uh, Morrowind, High Rock, and north- the northern parts of Cyrodiil. So... Here's another little fun fact. I got a lot of them in this one because the Nords are a very interesting people. One of the Nordic kings of the first era is by the name of King Borgus. He was actually killed. This is going to hearken you back to last episode. Mm-hmm. He was actually killed during a conflict with the Bosmer of Aelinwood in the Bosmer ritual known as the Wild Hunt. I read that and said, perfect timing. Right? This was written for us. Right? So I thought that was super cool. Yeah. If you don't know what the Wild Hunt is, go listen to the last episode, and we do a whole lore lesson on the Bosmer. Literally one of the most interesting uh, lore lessons we've done to me. Like, that was incredible. It's awesome. Guaranteed, after that episode, you will either completely love or completely run away from Bosmer every time you run into them in the game. (laughs) Because they're kind of awesome, but they're really freaking terrifying yeah, when you think really about psychotic. the crap they do. Yeah. <laughs> yep. So, anyway, we digress. So, let's talk about the second era a little bit. Um, the conflict continued on the border regions of Skyrim. The Nords, at the time, being led by General Hjalti Earlybeard. I love that, because it means like his beard hasn't quite grown in yet. Right. Does that sound familiar? JB, to well, you? Well, I don't know. You're the one with that one, so you tell me. Oh! Well, that... Yeah, <laughs> next round's on that guy. <laughs> a, a story for another episode. Okay. <laughs> so, <laughs> they uh, they were led by General uh, Hjalti Earlybeard. Mm-hmm. They ended up being in a stalemate with the Reachmen of High Rock. Reachmen of High Rock, we haven't quite gotten there yet, but those are the Bretons. Mm-hmm. Um, so General Hialti received a visit by Ysimir, who is a Nord King Spectre. Mm-hmm. Okay, we're going to pause there because I didn't quite look up Nord King Spectre yet, but they sound freaking badass. <laughs> so, <laughs> I mean, well, if you think of Spectre, when I think of Spectre, I think of Lore Break, I think of Mass Effect. The Spectres were badass in that game, so I'm like, ooh, a Spectre, that must be good. Right. So anyway, this Nord King Spectre by the name of Ismir taught Hjalti the way of the voice. Might seem to ring a bell for some of you. Uh, allowing King Hjalti to shout down the walls of the nearly impregnable fortress occupied by the Reachmen at the time. Wow. Sounds very familiar. So the Nords ended up, because of this, because of this power that was that was found... The Nords claimed victory, and General Hjalti became a legend. He was given the name, wait for it, Talos. 
If you hearken back to our early episodes, we talked about the nine divines versus the eight divines. The ninth divine, highly, highly debated still, was Talos. This man, General Hjalti Earlybeard, because he was taught the way of the voice, became Talos. That is rad. It is rad. Now, if you don't totally dig on this, I'm going to stop talking about lore. It's the coolest thing freaking ever. <laughs> if you've played through Skyrim, you're like, oh my God, I totally get it now. If you didn't know before. So to me, it was, I mean, super, super familiar reading through this stuff and, and really kind of diving into the Nords. What a incredibly rich culture they have. Oh, agreed. Um, right. So a little more about Talos. Of Dragon's Blood, later assumes the name of Tiber Septum and goes to occupy and conquer several uh, several more territories. And I know you all have heard about Tiber Septim, especially if you played Skyrim. He's just the name in, in that game. So yeah. he ends up becoming the emperor and one of Tamriel's most famous, famous figures after uniting all the northern contents. Oh, my word. Continents. <laughs> because oh, Bourbon Barrel Stout's awesome. Um... <laughs> And upon his death, Tiber Septum becomes known as a deity, Talos. And then he he ends up being revered as the ninth of the divines, which I stated before is widely debated. People don't think that people who have walked on the earth, a man who has walked on the earth, are worthy of being, of having godlike status. But anyway, it's obvious the north was super into him. The Stormcloaks versus Imperials. The whole thing just kind of manifested from there, and that's forms the basis of Skyrim, really. Right. So, this all took place in the Second Era, uh, not very, very long after the events of Elder Scrolls Online. So it's a little past us right now, but um, yeah, all Skyrim mm-hmm. era. Okay, so let's talk a little bit about the Fourth Era. Although Skyrim seemed relatively healthy during this time. Um, the Oblivion, Oblivion Crisis had taken place in Southern Tamriel. Once that was over, uh, Fourth Era, year 171, a war broke out between the Aldmeri Dominion and the Empire of Tamriel. Uh, both sides suffering pretty significant losses, but eventually a treaty was formed between the two sides. So, as part of the agreement, Talos worship was banned by the Blades. This is kind of where Skyrim comes in. Um, the Blades, as you all know if you've played through Skyrim, is the elite group of warriors that were tasked with protecting the Emperors of Tamriel. So, as part of this treaty, they were disbanded. And then, another familiar name, the Thalmor, were given the freedom to move freely throughout the entire Empire, hunting down both Talos worshippers and the last of the Blades, which becomes the basis for the game of Skyrim. Right. Um... From this, the Stormcloaks would uh, would be formed by Ulfric Stormcloak, mm-hmm. who, if you've played through the game, you meet him on the freaking cart. Right. Right at the beginning of the game. So he's right there. Uh, he was a Jarl of, Will, of Will, uh, Windhelm, and he was um, one of the rebel leaders against the Empire. Mm-hmm. Okay. Let's talk a little bit about religion. 
The Nords had a very, very spiritual relationship with the sky goddess of Kinnereth because of her association with the Thum or the Storm Voice. Uh, Kinnereth was, was the goddess who gave men the ability to use it. Um, Nords had the ability to articulate these words into very powerful voices in the form of a shout. Also very indicative Skyrim. Um, and for this reason, many Nords use the expression, wind oh guide you. Oh my gosh, I didn't know that. <laughs> Isn't that cool, dude? Oh, that's so cool. I know, and you hear you can hear that in Skyrim. All you hear the Nords time. say it. Right. I want to go play Skyrim right now. That I is know. amazing. Dude, what an what a great off game to play. Oh, it's yeah. It's you know just, what I mean? Even if yeah. you play for a few hours a day or hey, look, maybe I'm tired of doing Ritz for a day. <laughs> I want to learn a little bit more about lore. I go to Skyrim. Yeah. So. This and even not to get off topic, but they just also made uh Morrowind backwards compatible for console for those of you who play console so get involved in that you shut your dirty mouth right now it's only $15 on the Microsoft store oh (laughs) my god does it look any better than the blockheads did in Morrowind I'm pretty confident it will not but well I know there is supposedly there is a Morrowind um, supposedly there is a Morrowind remake that's coming out with the same engine that they made Skyrim in? Skywind, I think is what it's called. Oh my god, the fact you knew that makes me like you even more. Mm, Well, I'm liking you. Will you you be my friend? (laughs) I'll consider it. (laughs) (laughs) Other notable worship by the Nords include uh, Lorcan, Kine, and Mara. And then let's talk a little bit about some notable Nords. I'm sure you're going to recognize some of these voices or some of these names. Brynjolf, very high-ranking member of the Thieves' Guild who you become a uh, Nightingale with in the game of Skyrim. There's also Jurgen Windcaller. He's the founder of the Greybeards. And then some notable Nords in ESO. My favorite giant woman. Because she's really <laughs> good-looking. Woman of the North. Yep. She's a woman of the North. <sighs> and forever one of my loves. You gotta get a tattoo. It doesn't matter. That's a big ass tattoo, <laughs> bro. Even if you scaled her down, that tattoo is three quarters your body. <laughs> oh man! You can't get all the detail in if it's not at least seventy five percent of your body. <laughs> this is this is easily a five foot tattoo. Yeah. <laughs> That's going to take you some years to get that thing done. <laughs> Tattoo artists are busy lately. Oh, my gosh. All right. So uh, oh. other, other notable Nords in ESO, Joran the Scald King and Archmage Shalador, who will drive you nuts. Oh, right. But, yeah, he's there. So anyway. Man. I hope you guys enjoyed the Nords because I really dig reading the lore. And they're, just as always, we are giving you the Cliff, Cliff's Notes of right. the motif. There's more to be learned out there. Don't be afraid to get out there and wiki it. And once again, if I got something wrong, it's probably not the case. I'm just saying. But if I did, call us on it. You know, a lot of times there's people out there who know more about Lord than we do. There's for dang sure that. So just be nice about it if we got it wrong. Agreed. Agreed. 
Agreed. Oh, hey, look who else is here too. Who? Else, what do we got? You got me some mail? I've been looking for you. All right. Got something I'm supposed to deliver. Your hands only. Thanks, boy. I appreciate it. Well, it's that time again. We told you guys last week we'd be uh, going over your voicemails, and uh, we'd be searching around the uh, the good old mailbag. But we got some stuff to go over. So you guys reached out to us, and uh, so let's go over this. We got a voicemail here. First off, from Ian, talking about Mafala's role in Somerset. Let's give us a listen. Greetings, lore seekers. It's Ian here yet again. Uh, hopefully, you guys are enjoying an ice cold mug of mead in the tavern after a hard day of adventuring. Uh, just to kind of stay on the recent theme of Somerset and the surrounding lore, I wanted to ask for your thoughts and maybe even your predictions for uh, Mephala's role in this new chapter, the, the goddess we're getting, the statue of uh, the Daedric Prince. I've always found her really enigmatic and intriguing, but she really hasn't played a huge role in Elder Scrolls to date, popping up every now and then, but but nothing like, you know, Mehrunes Dagon or Molek Ball. Uh, so I'm just excited to see what machinations he has planned for all of us in June, uh, and just curious to, to definitely hear some of your ideas based on any lore you may have looked up recently doing all of this research for Somerset. So, you guys rock. Podcast rocks. And I will see you all in Tamriel later on. Good night. Alright, so, um... <laughs> great question, Ian. I'm laughing because I wish you could see what Google Translate does for these voicemails. <laughs> Yeah, Google Translate oh, is, um, I want to say that Google Translate has a serious mental deficiency. <laughs> uh, so right now I'm calling it. Jibs and I, as a special type of release, we are going to go through our, some of our voicemails and we're literally going to read what Google's translations are of them. Oh my gosh. Um, and try not to die of laughter because it is... <laughs> We were both dying. Literally, oh, my friends, crying. there was an edit. <laughs> there was an edit in this portion of the podcast because we could not stop laughing at <laughs> Google's translation of this wonderful man's email or uh, uh, voicemail. It was a great oh. voicemail. We totally understood it. But Google, Google. butchered it. Google. So. <laughs> All right. So, Ian, thanks for so much for calling us again. We appreciate it, my friend. Uh, so... He brings up a really good question. Mafala's yep. role in Somerset. Now, for those of you who don't remember who Mafala is, we did cover her, I believe, in the very first episode of Lore Seekers. It's either first or second. I don't remember which. And um, basically her whole thing that she gets into is uh, she's a Daedric prince, but over kind of her whole domain that revolves around lies, sex, murder, secrets, and plots. Okay. Uh, she enjoys seducing and interfering in mortal affairs for her own amusement. So that being said, and I kind of want to highlight the plots and secrets part of this. I feel like if there's anything, this is my take on it. I feel like if there's anything that she's going to get involved in, it's going to involve secrets, plots, and murder of the proxy queen. Just for her fun. Ooh, that's a nice take on it. Mine was a little different, but I like your take on it. It's pretty good, because if she were to 
affect the proxy queen in any way, guess who's coming home? Exactly. Yep. Yeah, Aaron's coming home. Yep, that's a guaranteed Aaron um, coming home. <laughs> so there's one, there's one take on it, but the other take is since she is such a seducer and she's so into secrets and plots, what is the most secretive thing to happen to Somerset in a long, 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 long time? I mean, since its inception. The most secretive thing there. Sigic order. Is Sigic. Yeah, that's a good point. So my thought is she tr- is she trying to undermine or infiltrate the Sigic order in any way and maybe try and exploit some of their secrets? I mean, she's... She's a Daedric prince, so she's kind of, in a lot of ways, she's kind of all-powerful as compared to any mortal, right. you know, man or mer on, on Tamriel. But, you know, I don't know. I, it's 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 very interesting. I'm really glad it's Mafala. She's too. freaking awesome, if you yeah. ask me. Yeah, I like it because so, it's I mean, different from the, the norm. I like it because the statue's going to be epic. Yeah, it's going to be pretty. <laughs> no, I, but she's she's going to be an interesting one. I also feel like it has something to do with the Crystal Tower. We put a tweet out on our Twitter feed at Lore Seekers Cast, and there is there was four heroes standing. It was in the trailer. It was a still from the trailer that we put out for you guys. And at one point, the four heroes are standing there. But in the background, there is some serious stuff happening to the crystal tower there is some dark energy going on surrounding this thing i don't know what's going on but it it looked a whole lot like um zamaja i believe that was her name we talked about last episode the cease the cease load that's related to the cloud rest raid so you know i know she she has a lot of purple hues to her so i don't know if this is like a, a zamaja thing if it's a uh, Mafala thing, but there is some kind of plot afoot. We know that, right? And you know, I actually, as a as a third or maybe fourth theory, this would be far stretching. But one of Mafala's artifacts, one of her very unique artifacts, is a ring. Um, that's it's called the Ring of Khajiit. Really? So does yeah, and does the fact that um, Queen Irene has entrusted Razumdar has that angered Mafala in any way? Man, could that, she be right? looking? I mean, that would be a stretch because you know it would be a, a certain amount of stretch, but it certainly would have would throw us all off if because of this ring of Khajiit that she reveres. I don't know. Does it have something to do with Razumdar? Yeah. What a great freaking character he is, by the way. He is. What he a great really freaking character. He's a great character. If you haven't met, if you have not met Razumdar, go do the quests on Aradon starting in Volkogard. Yep. And you'll meet him pretty quick. Yep. Specifically um, with the guard that you pass by. And I think she says something like, so many visitors, so little time. I've passed by that probably 50 times. I want to punch her in the mouth. Finally, I took the quest, <laughs> and I was like, "Holy crap! There's a lot of stuff to learn here in, in the yeah. book." So, 
anyway. I'm currently working through that, and I can tell you, it's it's fun. It's a it's a so far it's a really really good quest line, especially it's, it's a, a good, good change line. too. Yeah. Yep. So, oh, yep. anyway, Ian, thanks so much for the message. We appreciate it. Uh, we got Theodore on the lifespan of ESO. Let's take a listen. Hello, my name is Theodore Holthouse. I have two questions for you guys. I'm currently a sophomore in high school and don't have a way to PS ESO, and I probably won't until college. Do you think ESO will still be opened and alive in three years? Another question that isn't from ESO, but is from Skyrim. I would like to hear your allegiances lie on Skyrim Civil War. Are you guys Imperials or Stormcloaks? I love the show. Please keep up the good, excellent work. Awesome. Well, I appreciate that, Theodore. Thanks so much for tuning in, man. Um, do I think? Do we think ESO is going to be around for the next three years? I tell you what, man. If they keep this content like they're doing, this steady stream that they have seemed to master, absolutely, no question. I don't see any reason why they're not going to. They've they've crushed it for all the years that the game has been out. It has been on a constant stream of increase in the amount of content and the quality of content that they're having. They're on a they've stuck to a schedule um, that's on point. They haven't decreased the amount of content that's coming out every year. They've kind of repeated quality of life releases, content releases, all kinds of stuff. I don't see any reason for ESO to decline within that time period. Um, and um, was he saying that he doesn't have access to ESO at all? I'm not sure right yet. Now? Uh, okay. I'll, I'm not sure if he meant like not at all. I know he mentioned in the last part of his question Skyrim, which I know we're going to address in a second, but I don't know. Yeah, you know what, man? Get back to us and let us know. I mean, if you don't have access to ES, I just we want to we want to make sure we understand your what your. Um, what your voicemail was. If you're listening to the show and you haven't played the game, dude, let us know. Cause I mean, that's huge to us. That's a big thing to us. Let us know, you know, kind of where you're at. Um, do I think it's going to be around in three years? Yeah, but man, I'd hate for you to get three years into this thing and haven't, you know, get all the way into college and still haven't experienced ESO. So let it, let it kind of, let us know what's going on. Shoot us a, a Twitter or another uh, voicemail or Shoot something. Us an email. But, yeah. Yeah, for sure. Let me answer your question on uh, Stormcloaks or Imperial. Battle lines are going to be drawn, Cash. This is good. It could be the end of our friendship. I highly doubt that, bro. You can't <laughs> stay away from me. I know. <laughs> you love me. So much. <laughs> In a manly way. Jesus, people. Full Bosmer way. Full Bosmer way. Um, dude, I'm a Stormcloak. For sure. Why? You tell me why they shouldn't be able to worship Talos if they want to. And the Thalmor. I won't even call him what I want to call him. It's a family show, Mr. Man. <laughs> yeah, I second that. I'm a Stormcloak as well. <laughs> yeah, thank you, see, Jibs, we're friends, buddy. We're we were meant to be friends. friends. <laughs> let's give a let's give an across the USA hug. Yes. Oh, that was a good one. There you go. Yeah. Uh, well, thanks, Theodore. We appreciate it, my man. Seriously, send us another email. We want to chat some more. Um, all right, so this last email is from Benjamin from Germany. He says, hey there, lore seekers. My girlfriend and I really appreciate your lore lessons. Thank you. We appreciate that. I first started 
ESP almost six months ago as my girlfriend pushed me more and more going from Skyrim to the MMO. Honestly, I only played the PC beta years ago and then never touched it till now. We both, or excuse me, we play both on one account with Khajiit and Argonians. Uh, champion points 275. Nice. After hearing all your... This is where it kind of gets a little... This translation kind of got a little rough. Lore. After all your lore. All your lore about the mer? Altmer? I'm assuming that's what he, what he meant. What yeah. do you think... Elves. This is... What do you think is up with the Fal- Falmer and ESO? Or the snow elves they developed from? Is there anything known about this highly underrated race? I only know they were slaved and mistreated like the Argonian. Do you think Maelstrom gets easier as new builds with jewelry crafting develops when Somerset arrives? Couldn't it make the whole game unbalanced? Okay, so there's a lot Ooh, here. I'm overloading right now. I'm overloading. All right. I'm like I'm, I'm bursting let's, at the seams about start, snow elves right now. Let's, let's start step one here. Okay. Falmer. So as far as I know, which isn't a freaking lot, about the lore. Okay, the Falmer were the snow elves that were driven underground by the Nords. Correct. I'm glad you say correct because I'm totally flipping out over the fact that I'm going to have to research this as soon as we get off this cast. I don't want to be wrong. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that the Falmer were what developed out of the snow elves after they were driven underground by the Nords. So they became the Falmer. If you've played Skyrim, you will know who the Falmer are because a lot of them are in Dwemer Ruins. Um, You'll run into them. They're basically blind, goblin-looking, gnarly things. But, oh no, they're not goblins. They're freaking elves who were indigenous to the population before the Nords overran them and drove them underground. Um, Which is awesome. What if we did... I've kind of just assumed we've, we're doing these lore lesson series in seasons. What if we did Falmer and the uh, Snow Elves in the next season of the lore, se- lore series? Why don't you let me worry about the lineup, JB? <laughs> <laughs> I'm so can't even keep a straight face. <laughs> okay. <laughs> done. It's done, bro. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> we've only come up with like... We've only come up with like the very basics of what we're talking on lore, so and I like to give him a hard time. It's okay, I love the guy. No, totally, because it's it's really Falmer is really interesting. And that was a question that I even had too when I was playing through Skyrim. I had no idea where they were, who they came from or who they were, where they came from. I agree. Yep. So Yep. But that's uh, as far as I understand, that's where the, the snow elves went to the ones that were left went to and they eventually I mean they were in the dark so they lost their, their eyesight they interbred and they ended up living a, basically a life of blindness it's a freaking terrible story to be honest with you <laughs> and now the fact that they were <laughs> I'm like oh god that sounds horrible <laughs> why can't everybody just get along <laughs> so the fact that they were enslaved and mistreated like the Argonians, um, I didn't really... I don't remember reading too much about them being enslaved, so I will look that up. Obviously... This isn't the last time we're talking has about a, this. No, no, no. And this guy, has, he, he's got something that sparked my own interest, so I need to look and see why they were enslaved. I assume it was because of the Nords. 
Right. God, those milk drinkers. <laughs> Last but. part. Do you think Maelstrom gets easier as the new builds of Tooler Crafting? No. Nope. No. <laughs> nope. <laughs> so here, nope. I mean, here's a quick thing. Dude, we're noobs when it comes to like some of the end game content. Admitted noobs. There's so many players out there that just crush our ability to even exist on Tamriel. Um, I admittedly have I've gotten through Maelstrom on normal, and I've gotten to like level three or four on vet. It's freaking gnarly. So, do I see it getting easier? I uh, know. I see it getting way harder. Um, yeah. I, well, I can't say that. I can't say that they're they're not going to make Maelstrom harder. Um, I don't know. I guess he has a point. Does it does it does it get easier with jewelry crafting? Here's my thing. Maybe it does. I think that's maybe that's kind of up in the air whether or not it does get better. I don't see them making it harder because of the new content. I kind of disagree. I feel like they could. At any time, if it gets to a point where it's obviously way easier, they could up the difficulty. To make God, I'm such a sucky player. <laughs> I'm so terrible. Dude. I feel like that's totally an option. They could update. It, it, well, really what it's going to come down to is, is it truly making it just super easy to get through? Because that's not the intent of the Maelstrom. So, you know, they're going to, they would adjust it. I know they would adjust it. They wouldn't just let that go. Um, but if it goes from being, you know, a breeze to maybe just it's a little bit easier, then they're, I really don't think they're going to make any change to it. I really I think, don't think they're going to. They're definitely not going to make it easier. No, no. It, yeah, it, they're they, going to make it nigh impossible for me to get my Maelstrom staff. <laughs> yeah. For sure. <laughs> no kidding. <'Cause> sadistic SOPs. <laughs> I love you so bad. Oh, well, thank you guys so much for your emails. Thank you so much to all of you who have listened to the show. You keep coming back every week. This was episode eight of the Lore Seekers podcast. If you guys enjoyed this show, and we hope you did, head on over to iTunes. Give us a review. For every five-star review, we give you guys a shout-out on the show. Not a four-star. And speaking of, that's right, only fives. And speaking of, we've got some to get caught up on. We just realized that uh, <laughs> we just realized that we were only we are only able to see the United the uh, USA reviews. So if you are leaving us a five star review outside of the USA, please send us an email and tell isn't us. Isn't that just like country. America? I love America, right? but isn't that just like America? <laughs> just block it all out. Yes. Yeah, so nope. Please. Didn't happen. <laughs> please leave Jeez. us an email that tell, telling us what country you're from and that you left us a five star because we want to make sure and get you your shout out speaking of the first one we're going to get caught up on a couple that we had missed because of that uh, spin word I know that guy good dude Yep. this is awesome I listened to both your podcasts the night they came out you've got terrific voices and personality with just the right amount of lore and game mechanics he's talking about me not you great for me as a returning player <laughs> That's I dirty, no bro. That's idea. dirty pool. I, I, it bothers me. Okay, Jibs? I cry myself to sleep every night because your voice is better than mine. <laughs> I had no idea how much Laura was missing. I wish you had a show for me to listen to late, uh, every late night ESO session. 
Thanks so much. Just listen to the same one over and over, bro. It's okay. It's true. Until you've We're memorized there for you. the lore lessons, there's no reason why you should not be listening to the same That's right, buddy. We'll put you to sleep every night. Sweet soldier tones. Oh, and the last one is from Maysax J. This guy's in our guild. He joined the guild, I believe, from he is, uh, the show. He did. Yep, good dude. He says, hey guys, this is an amazing show. The information shared is so helpful without being in your face or feeling like a certain way of play is being crammed down your throat. Sounds awesome. Great flow to the show and can't wait for the next episode. Thanks, man. I appreciate thank that. Thank you. Thank you, thank you. Appreciate that. Well, we got, guys, we do totally appreciate your reviews. I talked about it before, but every week it's like Christmas. We love to read your reviews. We love to hear your opinions of the show. And most importantly, thank you for all of you that we've been able to meet uh, through Twitter. The, we are growing like <laughs> weekly, man. It's nuts. You guys are tuning in. You guys are commenting. You guys are getting involved. You guys are getting passionate and behind the show. And we just can't thank you enough for joining us on this journey. We're humble. That's... I think I think the yeah. biggest thing for Jibs and I is that we're oh we're gosh, humble. Yes. We we got into this expecting that hey, if we get five listeners every week, then you know what? Yeah. That's a pretty cool thing, and it's exponentially better than that. And I think uh, it's a solid six. Yeah, we have six people, and <laughs> we thank every one of you. We need a few more so we can start detailing you on the show. But can we, can we go for seven? No, so next we've week? gotten. The response we've got is just insane, and yeah, um, I think, um, you know, we just we're just new people playing the game, and we we really want to enjoy it with you. And the fact that we get to bring our experiences to you um, in a way that everybody can kind of understand—I don't know, man—we're just we're super stoked on it, and we're very, very, very humbled by the response that we've that we've seen, and we want to make it better. There's ways we can make it better. Just tweet us, let us know. Um, but thank you so far seven week, eight weeks in thank you so much agreed 100% you guys can call us with your voicemails and uh, at 765-382-6961 so if, it's, uh, if we like it it would be good for the show we'll put it on the show for you 765-382-6961 you can also visit the, ep- the episode gosh listen to me the website loreseekerscast.com uh, at the bottom of the page homepage there's a little um, I don't know I guess a little contact form you can put you can uh, fill out and that'll automatically email us or you can do it manually from your phone wherever you're at tablet whatever it is loreseekerspodcast at gmail.com cash guilds I'll talk about guilds if you talk about why you paused earlier it's because you burped yeah I did it's this well, whatever this whiskey is winch whiskey got the best of me you sure it's not the sure it's not the wiener schnitzel dog you had with chili uh, these nords man they got weird <laughs> the chef in the back um, did you wash your hands he did not for sure anyway <laughs> we are part of guilds um if you're looking for a great multi-gaming guild for adults and working professionals you can join meridia's order of guards which is a part of the larger community of mog nation you can find them at mog-nation.com, and you can join the guild there. Uh, you can put an application to apply. We are a North American PC guild. If you are looking for an outstanding RP experience, uh, a very especially if you're a beginner, because they walk you through the process, you can find a great one at the Divine Conclave. They are a um, North American guild also. 
on ESO, and they're at SOCAN, S-O-K-A-N, dot engine, dot com. You can follow myself on Twitter at Jibs, I-R-L, Cash, at Mog, Cash, with a K, and most importantly, this show at Lord Seekers Cast. Now, I mentioned it earlier on the show. I'm just going to say this. We've got a big announcement next week for the show, and uh, episode nine, you're going to want to make sure that you tune in. Something that's... Uh, it's going to be good. You're going to like it. Right. It's a big deal for us, and it's something that uh, is in response to a lot of yep. mail. A lot of messages. Uh, so tune in next week. and We've heard you, and uh, you know what? We're going to do it. So stay tuned. You guys have a great week in gaming. Thanks so much for hanging out with us here at the Tavern. And uh, we'll see you next week at uh, something maybe a little more... Uh, a little more Breton flavored. We'll see. See you next week. Dilly dilly. <laughs> <laughs> Lemon bliss.